On this episode of K-12 Tech Talk, we talk about e-waste, 2FA, a weird camera issue that Josh has. I have some bad bandwidth, and Corey is watching football. Have a listen. All things technical in K-12. This is K-12 Tech Talk Podcast with Josh, Chris, and Corey. Live from the somethingcool.com studios, this is K-12 Tech Talk, episode 41. Uh, I think we can just call this one the one without Corey, right? Yeah, as it should be. Yeah. Back to original status. Remember when he came in and he was just a special guest for like a very long time? Yeah, I think this demotes him back to special guest status. Um, Real quick, before we get going into this... Our, I, I want to share our email address, k12techtalk at gmail.com. And if you're on Twitter, give us a follow tweet at us at k12techtalkpod. Uh, those are our uh, two main methods of communication. Who knows? Maybe we'll get a Facebook page in the, in the near future. But uh, right now, it's email and Twitter. And please share us with your friends, your professional organizations, uh, your local meetups of K-12 directors in your area. The more, the merrier. We're getting closer to hitting that all 50 states mark, uh, which is pretty cool. I was just looking at, at the statistics, and we are definitely international still. We got uh, Hello Canada. Um, we have quite a few listens up there. Yeah, eight. Uh, I'd like some poutine, please. Uh, France is uh, new to the uh, to the international realm, as is China and... Oh yeah, France. Okay. I feel like the translation, like whatever Corey says, like to the Chinese, like it probably doesn't get translated right. No, I'm sure. Well, no, because they got to deal with the the loud uh, breathing. Like uh, I bet, yeah, I bet it doesn't like translate correctly. Yeah, Netherlands and United States minor territories, whatever. I assume those are like the Virgin Islands. Oh yeah, outlying islands. So welcome everyone. Tweet at us. Let us know where you're from. Send us an email with a topic that you would like us to talk about. Um, even if we're not professionals, we'll make an attempt. Chris, what do you want to talk about this week? Well, and this is completely on the fly, but you saying that from the uh, Twitter stuff reminded me uh, we had gotten a tweet that we never uh, answered. Uh, so I'm going to put us on the fly here. Uh uh, Matthew tweeted us a long while back. Any tips on getting the most out of e-waste? I am completely new to K-12 and have gotten 10 different requests to talk and each one asks different questions. So what do you do with your recycling stuff? So, uh, do, Or do you recycle? Do you just throw it in the trash? What do you do, Josh? No, we, I, don't, I do not throw it in the trash. That's an absolute no for me. Um, it, I know Missouri... Depending on some of your school board policies, you may have to send them to auction to try and get value out of them. If if there is a value left in them, most of the stuff that we get rid of, we, we ride things into the ground. So nothing I get rid of has value. Very, very few things that I get rid of have value. Are you the one that determines value? Well, realistically, if it doesn't power on or doesn't work, I'm, I'm declaring that as no value because yep. it doesn't work. 
there are some recyclers near us that are EPA certified to that whatever that level is. They have uh, drive shredders that they'll shred your drive if you want them to for a fee. So recycling is always um, is at the top of the list. You know, if it doesn't have value, if it does have value, that's going to depend on your, on your local policy and procedure and your state statute as to what you have to do. But you should, there should be a, a bunch of people that are willing to take that stuff. What do you guys do? Yeah, there's a, we've checked out different ones over time, but we've been stuck on one company for a while. Uh, we actually arranged, I guess this is our first year of it, where they give us uh, the pallets and the boxes uh, ahead of time, and we have them in a storage area. That's nice. Yeah, they give us two or three, what are those called? Those big Gaylord, Gaylord boxes. Yep. Gaylord they give boxes. us two or three of those. Uh, and when we fill them up, then we call them and they come right away. They pick them up and they they leave us uh, two or three more. That's cool. And and I do, like you're saying, I'm the guy that gets to declare the value. Uh, we do have the auction deal if it, if it needs to go out, but typically it's never gone out to auction. Yeah. So funny, two funny stories. At a, at a prior job, we did the same thing where we had a local company here that would... Uh, come and take our stuff for free at, at, at this job that I worked at and they would deliver Gaylords ahead of time and they would, however many we wanted, they would let us have them. The funny thing is they would typically get them from grocery stores. So the one, one time they brought like two or three that were, that were used for melon delivery, like cantaloupe and watermelon delivery. Sweet. Those things smelled like cantaloupe. <laughs> our storage room smelled like fresh fruit for weeks. It was hilarious. Um, and then as far as recycling goes, you know, interesting story. We, we have a bunch of Chromebooks that are now out of useful life or out of the auto update support with, with Google. And there are some of the older Samsungs that we, that we originally purchased seven years ago, eight years ago. Um, and some HPs are falling into that. We started tearing them apart and looking to harvest anything that we could out of them. And come to find out a bunch of the Chromebooks that were broken out of support, whatever, the LCD screen in them is this is kind of sort of, I guess you could call it universal and can be used in like pretty much every footprint of Chromebook that we have in production right now can use these. So we're going through and we're ripping out. We have over 200 of them done already, but I've got some of my, my tech intern kids tearing them apart, taking the screen out and, and using it for broken screens when those come in. I think last year we used over 250 screens, so I might be able to go a hair more than a year and not have to actually buy a screen. And right now in the market, I know I don't know if you've looked at prices for that stuff lately, but they are it's unbelievable. I, over 60 bucks for a replacement LCD screen, and that's not right. new. That's a that's a harvested recycled LCD screen. Your recycling company, do they charge you for if you if you give them monitors? Monitors, yes. And it's typically only CRTs. Now, we don't have any CRTs left in the district that I know of. And that was primarily because of the lead in them that, that requires a certain way to dispose of them. And then do they pay you for what they take? or, or if Yeah, if the, the scrap that they take, if, if they're able to either uh, sell it you know, if they, if they take a machine and we've, we've removed the hard drive obviously before it leaves. Um, but if they are able to sell it, take the memory out of it and sell memory or whatever, um, that, yeah, we will get a cut, not a, not a whole lot, but a little bit. 
that's the same for us. And we actually set up something, that money that we get, it goes to like some student scholarship. Oh, fund. interesting. That's cool. I remember, and it's been many years ago, um, talking about, are they EPA certified or, you know, what kind of certifications do they have? We had a company, this was at a previous school district that promised, you know, that they, that they just, just recycle your stuff. Well, we had uh, Kaseya uh, on these computers and you delete Kaseya out of like the Kaseya uh, management console, but you leave the agent on the computers, right? you know, cause like, okay, the computer died. Right. Uh, well, anyways, like six months went by after a recycling job. And then like I had a random computer uh, pop back on checking back in for the first oh. first time. Well, that was a, that company being shady. Like they were yeah. trying to boot up, boot up that computer again. Wow. So that was a little bit of a thing. Yeah. That's kind of, I'm, I'm kind of weird about that. I'll remove hard drives before they leave or at least put D band on a USB or, or a CD right. and, and wipe them. But no, the majority of the of the ones that we have, I I remove the drive. I've got a bucket of drives in our office. I also remember. So I mean, recycling is like a dangerous business. Like you're loading up all that heavy stuff, yeah. and uh, there was a guy. I'm not going to be able to describe this that well, uh, just with words. But uh, he was wearing gloves. It was like a cold uh, winter school day. We're doing recycling. Uh, and he's cracking some jokes about making sure that we're careful, you know, if the box starts to fall to get out of the way. Uh, and then he holds up his hand and he's like, he's missing a finger. Like his glove is cut off on one of his fingers. Uh, and he was like waving at us by. And I re realized why it was like him and his buddy, they both work at the recycling company. And they kept cracking jokes about being careful. <laughs> That's he, he lost the finger. Oh my gosh. So I get clear out of the way. I let those guys do their yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, I don't, we typically, with it. when that happens, we'll, we'll point somebody in the direction and say, take that pile. It's all broken. <laughs> we had a, unfortunately we've had a, a good bit of things damaged with water recently. So, um, we've got some that need to go away right now. So, um, it sounds like we have a new sponsor lined up. Do you want to hit them real quick? Yeah. So class link classlink.com. They're going to be with us, uh, for the next several episodes, uh, I met with uh, Emily and Jill this week. We did a Zoom meeting together uh, for me to learn more about ClassLink. And I know that you and Corey are going to check out their stuff as well. Uh, not knowing much about them. And I kind of felt weird, like uh, talking to them and exploring it and then seeing how good it appears as though uh, they are. Uh, several schools in Missouri in particular use them. Uh, but to me, first like impression, uh, I thought they were just going to be like a clever competitor, uh, but but we've talked about level data before on here, doing like Google account creation, a AD stuff. Uh, they do that too. So it's kind of like, like a one-stop shop for like all your account provisioning. But then there's like a community portal. Like if you're wanting to show your community or like parent guardians, like, hey, here's all the websites that we use or the applications. And here's, you know, what what privacy stuff we're giving out. They have a spot for that. They have a spot for like parents to get in, a spot for teachers to get in, uh, all kinds of stuff. Basically, though, if for a kid, uh, you're going to use ClassLink. You log in, ClassLink opens, uh, and that's where, you know, you have your 20 apps that your school district uses. It does the rostering and the single sign-on and all that kind of good stuff. So they, they interface with your student information system, and you arrange some sort of export to dump to them automatically, I assume, 
Yes. Eight. And like they were really big and it's like the flip of what I was, I don't know, used to, or I thought I was going to get, they're pretty hardcore in like privacy and like, Hey, you are not going to send us too much data. Like, you know, like the clever kind of bit is like, basically I just open up the pipe and let the floodgates go. And then right. I limit. Right. You know, clever has everything, but beyond that to the different apps, I limit what, what the different apps get. This is kind of a different approach. They were really big into talking about the privacy stuff that they do uh, to protect the student. Uh, and again, kind of a, that whole community portal thing or, or where, where, where you could put this on your website and they are showing like with Classlink, here's all the apps that we, you know, that, that your school district's kids get to that kind of thing. So pretty. So, so you can get cool. a little bit more granular with what data you're throwing at Classlink or actually probably what, what data is being thrown from Classlink to the other sites. Yes. And then like, and again, I'm, I'm just now scratching the surface of it. We're going to kind of spread this out over these episodes, but they do their own two factor as well. So like if you have, so you're using class link and then whatever apps are in there, class link can put a two factor on it. Oh, interesting. Uh, so the, okay. Teacher clicked on that app in class link, but they also have to still do a two factor. Hmm. So like say teacher leaves class link open say you got your grade book or whatever thing as a right. teacher sitting open. Okay. Little kid could sneak into the room and click it. Well, they're going to still get a two factor prompt. So pretty right. cool. But you could set in that thing, you could set like custom wallpaper, make a profile, or you could make the kids where they can't do that. It, it, it just right now to me, it seems like a Cadillac of, okay, here's more stuff like with clever, with level data, with those kinds of programs. Here's an all in one package to do some of that. Interesting. That's not, so account, not only account provisioning, but when, I, well, when I say account provisioning, I'm thinking of like Gmail account provisioning. So right. they, they do all of it. They, they do that interface rostering stuff to, to other applications. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to get to know class link a little bit better over the next several weeks and yep. uh, weigh, weigh their, what they can do better, what they add to the special sauce that other competitors don't. Um, so, and the privacy thing is huge and, and for them to be able to come up with a portal that, that you can show to parents and say, look, this is the data that we have, and this is the data that we're sending to these vendors and each vendor might require a different data set that that's pretty cool that you can do that. Yeah. I thought them having a slide or a bragging ride on privacy stuff, if, if they're going to brag on it, then okay. Right. Uh, so, so check out, check out classlink.com. Uh, if you do a demo or something, mention the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. And last thing, they did tell me 98% of their customers stay, which oh, was also a bragging. Yeah. So in a several schools in Missouri use them. Uh, there was a couple that we recognize the school districts, like we know, we know the dudes. So we're going to try to get them on here probably at some point. Yeah. So speaking of two-factor authentication, um, I think I mentioned this last week, but I, we are going to start down the path of requiring... 2FA for email for all of our employees, not just everyone. Our, yeah. Yeah. So I know Corey's already done that. So I've, I've started picking his brain about how he did that and the time frame that he did it to, um, and from the, from the time that they announced that it was going to be required to the, 
to the date that they said, yep. okay, you know, here's, here's our end date. You have to have it turned on by now. So I think we're going to, are you just gonna... doing Google or are you doing windows too? No. Well, we've already done windows for elevated accounts and I only have, there's only about four, four or five elevated accounts in yep. our, in our active directory. And those um, we've already purchased a product who isn't a sponsor show, but I guess I could reach out to him and ask him if he wanted to. Um, it's a nice, it's a nice application. So I've got my uh, pretty much the accounts that I have control over in the IT office all have MFA enabled now. And then um, we've got a, another employee that we trust pretty much as a right hand person and she, her accounts uh, 2FA as well. So sweet. Yeah, it'll be and then you're gonna do Google to all teachers. I mean, to all faculty staff. Yeah. So we're, we're starting to step through the process of how we want to communicate that, what kind of videos we want to do the recommended methods, you know, because Google can do multiple methods of, of 2FA from, from the G suite or the Gmail app pushing a notification where you just have to hit yes, no to text notifications to Google authenticator app. So, you know, there's, there's multiple ways to do it depending on how the person wants to do it. To me, the easiest way is just let the Gmail app manage that. So when you sign in with your Google app or your Google credentials, the app on your phone says, Hey, did you just, did you just sign in? Yes. No. To me, that's the easiest way to manage that, but we'll see. I think it's best to have we do, uh, several options. We do just our, basically anyone that has a sys, like a sys admin, you know, like secretaries, oh, principals, yeah. they're doing Google two-factor now. Uh, this is the first year of, like, or the, I, I guess we're a year and a half in of that. Yeah, we started our, print, our building admins, counselors, and central office admin a couple of years ago. It makes um, me feel better. Like, sure. And, and I think the uptick, you know, we've, we've heard of a couple neighboring districts recently. Well, and, and even more in the state that they've had account Google accounts compromised, like legit taken over yeah. by threat actors who either send out a bunch of email or try to download files or emails. And, and, you know, just think about how many of your teachers have technically, protected information in an email or in a, in a drive share on, on drive. And, uh, that would be, I, I don't want to be in the shoes of explaining that to the state auditor or, or to Desi. So I think this is one of those things that right. you can do to prevent that. Cause how, I mean, I, I think the bad guys, a lot of times they don't, they don't take all the data that they could like right. when they're hacking and you know, all they're doing was typically spam it out or trying to get, a $50 Google play gift card or whatever, but they could have went to drive and yeah. highlight it all and download it all. And right. Pull the yeah. email real quick and stuff and had some good stuff, but yeah. Well, and, and like one of those interviews that we did a while back, it, it wasn't necessarily that they just encrypted every machine. They downloaded a file from one of the accounting person's computer that had a bunch of payroll information. Yeah, so, button. you know, it's not necessarily the damage they do to the device. It's the, it's the data they're able to pull when they do something like that. So what else you got to talk about? Uh, you, I, I have a weird story too, but you said something about a strange camera. Yeah. Thing so going on this week, what's that about? Um, well, this, this is um, our boardroom camera. We bought our, our superintendent wanted to enhance how we stream board meetings. He, he doesn't feel that 
um, not streaming a board meeting is going to be an option in the future. So from here on forward, you know, our board meetings are back to where the way they were pre-COVID, but he wants to continue to stream them. So we were just using the same streaming setup that we use to stream sporting events, which it works fine. It, it's it's nice, but someone has to stand there and manage the camera and point the camera and zoom out zoom right. in, whatever. So I talked to another school district around here that has had purchased something called an OWL cam, A-O-W-L. And it's a, I, I don't really know how to explain this. It Think of a, um, a speaker, like a standalone speaker that has a 360 camera on the top of it. Okay. That camera has AI built into it to know where in the room someone is talking Okay. And we'll auto zoom on whoever is talking. That's cool. And if, if there's two people talking, it will put them kind of in a split screen side by side each other. That's awesome. So we, we put this little device in the middle of our board table and we're able to stream the meeting from that device without anyone really needing to move a camera around or anything like that. Cool. The really cool thing about it is when you, it, it does require being hooked to a machine. So PC, Mac, whatever. But when you plug it in via USB, it's seen as an external camera, like a webcam. So you can use anything with it. You know, Meet, Zoom. We're actually using OBS, the open source, uh, open source broadcasting software, I think, um, to stream that, to push that out to our website and YouTube and Facebook. The problem that we came into, we, we wanted a really long... USB cable to be able to keep the laptop away, like off in the corner, away from the camera, rather than having the laptop with the camera in the middle of the boardroom table. So we bought this really nice, like 18 feet USB cable, 18 foot USB cable. Now I know USB has a maximum length, so don't be griping at us on Twitter about that. But um, it didn't. It came in, and this has been. This is a USB cable that is tested and recommended by Owl themselves, so they know it works. So I'm like, okay, buy it. It's a little bit more expensive. I don't care. It's certified by them. It should work. We get it in. Our PR guy plugs it into his MacBook, and it doesn't work. I'm like, what the heck? So he goes and he buys another like 10 footer that's been certified by Owl. Gets it, plugs it into his MacBook. It doesn't work. So he and I are talking back and forth about this. I'm like, what is going on? So I tell him, try it on a Windows device. Just try it on a Windows device and see what happens. So he calls me a couple of days later and says, yeah, it, it works fine on a Windows device. So first I'm thinking, okay, is there, is there some sort of power difference between a USB and a MacBook and a USB right. and a Windows device? Well, what he didn't tell me is that he was trying it with Google Meet on the Windows device, and which he didn't try on the Mac. So he tried it with the 18 foot cable on his Mac with Google meet and it worked. He goes back to OBS. A stupid issue. Yeah. He goes back to OBS with not changing anything. And it worked with Google meet. He opens OBS and OBS will not see the camera with the 18 foot cable. Cool. So I, I don't know what the problem is. We're going to, I think tomorrow we're going to try and put OBS on my desktop in my office, try the 18 foot cable and see what happens. I, I don't know what else to try at this point. It's yeah, kind of strange. Stupid. Yeah. It's a stupid tech issue. Yes. Let's call this the uh, stupid tech issue segment brought to you by Provision Data Solutions. I don't know if they could help me with this camera issue, but I might actually Ryan and Ryan is coming down for lunch tomorrow. So maybe I'll make him fix this tomorrow. You should for sure ask him. 
Just yeah. see what, cause see what he says. See what he suggests. Well, you know what Ryan's going to say. Call Derek. Get a hold of Derek. Yeah. Call Jeff. Uh, if you're needing networking help, server help, whatever help, contact Provision Data Solutions. Were they based out of St. Charles? Is that right? Uh, Chesterfield Valley. I Chesterfield thought. Valley. But they'll go anywhere. They go all over the, the state, state of Missouri. Of Missouri. Um, yeah. So they're they're good guys. They will travel. Um, so yeah, I'll uh, I'll pick Brian's brain tomorrow. We'll 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 work for we'll travel. What's that? Yeah, we'll travel for pay. Yeah. Uh, so I had, so I am a, there's myself, there's a network administrator, there's a technician, and then I have a building technician, and then a part-time CIS person. This week, network admin and technician were out, uh, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, which leaves the building technician at his building, uh, the part-time CIS person, she's doing CIS, and she's retired, like she's part-time. Right. So it was pretty much just me in the office. Oh, uh, wow. This so week. Yeah. Nothing got done. I'm logging in the stuff I haven't logged into like <laughs> in forever. So we had a, uh, even before they were out, we, and I think I mentioned this last episode, our, we've been having some bandwidth issues. We're, we're doing far more than, than what we did previously. Yeah. Anyways, we're, we're like just maxed out. Like when you, when I log into spectrum stuff and I'm looking at, at, at download, it's just, it's just a straight line at the very top. Why aren't Why? Why can't you see that through your firewall? Why are you firewall? It, it's Palo Alto. It's been and I actually I did a lot of digging into I, I can do far more Palo Alto reports than ever before. It's not like so like Corey and I were just talking about this this week. So the other uh, other thing was okay, you, you have light speed, your content filter. That's what that's what Corey right. and I use. Well, there used to be the rocket, which was a physical device. Uh, it had awesome charts. Uh, and you could just barely log in a light speed, see all this good data across the screen. You could know what bandwidth was doing, whatever. That thing is now a relay and stuff, and it's not a physical device. Uh, so now you're relying on Palo Alto. That, that's what we use, or you're, we're going to Spectrum to look at stuff. Uh, Palo Alto is like, it's kind of like Cisco crap where like it's great, but everything's a little more complicated than it should be. Yeah. Like, you have to like set up, stuff to get a stupid report to run okay uh, kind of thing but there there is another solution here you you could set up a third-party uh snmp monitoring yes. to like cacti sure. or something like that that really wouldn't take you that long to set up and you you would have decent charts within you know a couple hours anyway maybe it, maybe i'll do that this week and report back yeah Actually, nonetheless that, yeah i'm peeking straight line my guys are gone. It's just me. Uh, so I start digging and then I find I'm going I'm to do long story short. There is one user, one computer, oh. in the entire district uh, that is downloading gigs and gigs and gigs of Zoom data is it like your every single second, every single minute. Is it your like, maintenance director? It ends up being our athletic director. Oh, um, it is crazy, like what this one computer. Like, if you're looking at like a, like a bar chart, like he fills up. Like I was, I, I, I ran this thing. It was like, give me the top ten users. Yeah, you only see his <laughs> block, like his bar, because that's the comparison to uh, number two through ten. Wow. So long you story said short, Zoom I, data though, not huddle. Yes. 
Zoom, going to a particular Zoom IP address. That's weird. I, I figure out it is absolute. So AD computer, it's a desktop computer. We actually don't make it shut down at night because he was coming in in the evenings uh, and we were shutting down his computer, you know, in the middle of his work right. and stuff. So, you know, this thing, sometimes it gets behind on, on Windows updates or whatever too. Like we tell him to reboot, but he's not always rebooting. So th- this thing's, it, it ended up, this thing's been on for several days too. So I figure out when this started happening. Well, I call him and we're talking it out. It was when he did a Zoom meeting that day and he hadn't done Zoom in a while. So then fast forward, I was talking to Corey and Corey had had this issue before with Lightspeed Relay that I'm talking about. It and Zoom sometimes will hate each other. And Relay was trying to do some uh, decryption stuff of the Zoom data. Huh. And it makes Zoom freak out. So Lightspeed just kind of says like, okay, you're Zoom, you're okay. And then Zoom on his computer doesn't know what to do anymore. So it just starts downloading whatever it's downloading. Like it That's wasn't anything. Weird. Yeah. Gigs and gigs and gigs, gigs and That's gigs. That's crazy. So I uninstalled. And I do think his the Zoom client was like a couple versions back too. So maybe Zoom has fixed this. You but it re- it required me getting into Lightspeed, adding in a, a SSL uh, exemption. Oh, like quit spazzing out about Zoom. Huh. Uh, rebooted his computer, got Zoom going again, and we've been significant. Like literally, like forty percent or thirty percent. Wow, that's right. crazy. Isn't that like that's way stupid? Yeah, that's wild. So my guys are coming back tomorrow. And I have this story, and I don't even know if they're going to believe me. No, because they're like, not going to believe you did any of that. Yeah, I have other reports and stuff, and I'm showing. But then there's another weird thing going. We're still having bandwidth issues. Really? Uh, and that's a whole other thing. Like your a, throughput issue? Like you yeah, were having? And I don't, I don't know if I'm blaming, because we did get a new firewall over the summer. So I don't know if I'm blaming, you know, firewall. I don't know. Or if Interesting. We're going to do more testing and stuff. No, this week to, but I... I'm on the same page as you though. We are using considerably more bandwidth this year than, than we did last year was just weird anyway, but over the last several years, you know, we, we ended up going from one to two gig because I saw we were definitely peaking and hitting one gig, but our sustained traffic was, was pretty high last year. So I went ahead and made the jump um, to go to two gig for the next couple of years and, and not really thinking that we would need it. Oh, dude right the first week of school we i had one building using a gig and 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 they were stopped at a gig because that's their connection back to my data center so um and it it all had to do with chromebooks you know nobody turned on the chromebooks weren't turned on over the summer so they were all pulling those stupid chrome os updates at the same time um which if you are not scattering your chrome os updates more than probably five days you need to because i got bit last year mine was set to three days and i guess a release came out on a friday nobody turned on their chromebook over the weekend so when everybody came back monday all three thousand of our devices were trying to do the stupid chrome os update on the same day which is not fun so yeah scatter those things out to like 10 days and you'll be better off and chrome os 93 just dropped i think friday last week i said we were having I guess yeah. The last time we recorded, we thought it was Chrome stuff for sure, and that's yeah. part of that's part of the mix of what's happening. Yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah. So we've 
we've been going. Do you want to talk about the YouTube problem or do you want to save that for when Corey's back since he was the one having that problem? We might save that bad boy for Corey. Okay. We do need to give a shout out. We don't have to, but we want to give a shout out to Aruba. Um, yeah, proud I sponsor got... of the K twelve Tech Talk podcast. Do you have your access points and stuff in? No, yet? and I was just gonna say I got some disappointing word. Yeah, you said I haven't been asked. I am. I'm needing some access points, but I'm not like. Dying. Yeah, it, it, and it, and okay. So let me preface this with I we we have an outstanding order of access points that was placed in April of 2021. COVID though. Co- right, and processor shortage, shipping screw up. You know, Suez Canal. all that crap so we really the building is operational we have access points in the building it's not like the building is not operational is this a new building or what well no this is our high school but we are adding a performing arts center a 750 seat 13 million dollar beautiful state-of-the-art building awesome that is supposed to be done eh, october november time frame um likely won't see real use until after the first of the year but I, I thought, you know, because I had a construction meeting this week um, and the I asked the contractor, I said, hey, when can we get in there to start hanging, racking my switches, UPSs, hanging access points if we have them? And I kind of laughed when I said that. Um, and he said November. So I, I emailed the vendor that I bought the access points from and said, hey, have you guys heard anything about this order? And they said the current data is showing January of 2022 to, to fulfill all orders. So I, I assume that means that all of the orders that are placed right now, will they expect to be fulfilled in Jan- by January? And I would, and, and like this person said, my order was placed in April. So I hope to God I'm on the front end of right. that timeline and not after that timeline, but you never know. It's, it's all, I mean, I have... I don't know, 14, 15 tickets open where I'm just waiting on parts to come in. Yeah, I can't get a monitor to save my life right now. And that has not, yeah, I was going to say that has nothing, we're bantering about Aruba, whatever, real quick, but that has nothing to, that's the general thing. Yeah. No, we're having food delivery issues. That's how <laughs> weird this has gotten. Like, we we have legitimate issues where we are changing menus almost on a daily basis because our food company can't deliver food. Yeah. And it's because they can't get food from the wholesale. It's, it is. And of course, COVID's getting blamed, which, you know, it, at this point, is that a catch all or is that a legitimate excuse? I don't know. Right. No, but it's no, bad. It's weird. Cause how, I mean, okay. Yeah. I'm 16, seven, 17 years into K 12, like in a position or whatever, where I'm helping with ordering and all that stuff. And I've never had this before. No, I mean, every once in a while, you'll see a, a shortage of something. And, it, and it, in K-12, it's typically, for the last couple of years, even pre-COVID, there were things that were backordered, but it wasn't, you know, a month or two. Right. It, maybe, you know, okay, your power supply for that switch is going to be delayed, or this model AP is delayed a little bit by a couple of weeks. Right. Not, not nine months. You know, that, it's, and it's nobody's fault. It, right. That, it's just weird really weird i love it that's the gig man we talked a lot i felt like we covered a lot of ground without Corey coming in with non-professional yeah there was no cursing there was no breathing 
you're not mad at me. I'm not mad at you. No, neither of us are eating ice cream. What's he doing? He's watching football. Yeah, he's he pretty much threw a fit when we said that we were going to record this on a Sunday afternoon. Is it even pregame yet? Like, what happens right now? Uh, I think they're kicking the soccer balls back and forth. <laughs> Corey, <laughs> we miss you. Maybe uh, next time. Yeah, maybe. I I do think. I mean, this is a this is enough of a of a demerit that his status may have changed yeah if you feel negatively and we only want the negatives if you feel negatively about Corey not being on today and you want to email us and tell us how disappointed you were send us an email what's the email k12 tech talk at gmail.com yeah and or tweet us k12 tech talk pod only negatives only negatives and and the and the matter you are i mean we feel it so yeah. So, you know, we're, we sympathize. All right. Well, I guess we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>